Hey everyone, Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. Yes, we are. So away we go with some news right off the top. And let's just start with that. Plus, on a side note, something that could involve Notre Dame down the line, Duke quarterback Riley Leonard has entered the transfer portal. So Tobias Merriweather and Riley Leonard in the transfer portal. And (laughs) let the speculation begin. I think that's good news for Notre Dame. I think it ultimately will be good news for Notre Dame, the Riley Leonard thing. Okay. We'll put that on the back burner for a second. Let's begin with Tobias Merriweather going to the transfer portal. Last season, Eric, there were a lot of Notre Dame fans who went to message boards and emailed or tweeted guys like you and I. Tobias Merriweather should be playing. What's holding him back? Why aren't they playing him? Well, he got to play this year, and unfortunately, he had a very inconsistent start to the year. Eventually, he became a reserve wide receiver for this football team and really was not one of the more productive wide receivers throughout this 2023 campaign. He has decided to leave Notre Dame and enter the portal. So, Eric, I guess I want to ask about Merriweather from – Two different standpoints. Number one, would you call this a big loss from a roster standpoint, Merriweather entering the portal? And number two, do you have to worry about other teams looking at this Notre Dame situation that from the outside looking in on the offensive side of the football is extremely unstable When you keep Jared Parker, who is highly debatable if that was the right choice, you fire your wide receiver coach, and two of your veteran wide receivers have left the program. So let's start with the roster. Is it a big deal? I think given the talent that's coming in in the freshman class, given that you had three very good freshman wide receivers, and if nobody else leaves – that's somebody that you're depending on for next year and you can add from the portal I don't think this hurts you from a perception standpoint I think it hurts you okay and and why I do is because Tobias was a pretty highly recruited kid who stuck with the coaching change there were two other wide receivers in that recruiting class that bailed at the 11th hour he didn't he was the guy who was serving burnt ends to brian kelly at his house when brian kelly got the lsu job which didn't help the wide receiver coach then keep his position no and so um he stuck with that but again underutilized yet last year didn't develop this year i don't know that it's completely notre dame's fault With that, but somebody from the outside looking in says, why doesn't he get developed? And then, again, there is, whether you agree with the decision to retain Jared Parker for now, there's a lot of bad publicity about that move. There's a lot of bad reactions to that move that bleeds into the recruiting vein. Okay. And, And... I was mentioning to you off the air, um, we had Adam Gorney, the national recruiting director for Rivals on our podcast this week. And Adam is pretty plugged in. He's based on the West Coast, but he's really plugged in. And he said schools are using Parker against Notre Dame in recruiting. Mm -hmm. Not surprised. Again, if you're Marcus Freeman, you don't make a decision based on rumors and negative recruiting and stuff if you can defend that decision you defend it and then you wait to see if that turns out to be a great decision again Marcus gave two reasons of continuity 
in his past where this worked out. Uh, one was Al Golden from year one to year two. Now it wasn't like wow, that's people a no were, brainer. <laughs> well, it wasn't like people were putting for sale signs, but no. I remember in my chats people <clears throat> not super happy with Golden, felt like that was not a great hire and mm. overrated hire, and then it turned out to be a great hire. The other one was Marcus Freeman at Cincinnati, where they were 94th in the country in every other defensive category in total defense, and then they went to 11th in one year. And that Luke Fickle stayed with him. And and my, my parallel there, Darren, is that Marcus Freeman had Luke Fickle as a backstop. Luke Fickle is a defensive coach and a really good one. Bingo. And yep. so he could live with that and say, I see the positives in Marcus Freeman, and I can help him get there. Marcus Freeman's a defensive coach. Jared Parker's an offensive coach. Can he say... I, I know I can get Jared Parker there. Um, and and I think that's a, a fair debate. I'm not here to bash Jared Parker. I'm just saying this is the reality of the dynamics of that decision. And Marcus is going to have to live with that. And, and, and again, sometimes it's not easy to cut against the grain when – a lot of people wanted to have Brian Kelly fired in 2016. I didn't jump on that bag mm-hmm. ring, and you remember nope. that. Yep. And I'm with you. I said no, and I caught a lot of grief for it. I mean, it would have been much easier to say, get BK out of town. Get He's, the gasoline. Yeah, <laughs> let's go over and toilet paper his house. Uh, but, but, you know, you have to go with what you really feel now, certainly when it was Charlie's time to go, Charlie and I had a really good relationship at that time, but I felt Charlie had to go. With Tyrone, yeah, I definitely felt like it was yeah. time to go. With Bob Davey, I was leading the parade. <laughs> uh, but And he but, loves you for that still. He loves me for it still. But Brian <laughs> Kelly, I wasn't up for that. I, I thought that there was something worth salvaging there. And, so, and you're not always right on those. I mean yeah. – um, even with assistant coaches, but with Jared Parker, I think that's why people in the Zoom were trying to kind of follow up and say, what is it that you're seeing that leads you to believe? I remember having that um, I remember having that very conversation with Brian Kelly in his offense office about Brian Van Gorder. And I'll tell you what, I give Kelly a lot of credit because he could have snapped at me and he didn't. He was very measured in what he said. He said, Eric, you know, a long time ago, we coached together, and we had a philosophy about how to coach defense, and we always thought that we'd like to coach again together someday. The problem is Brian Kelly evolved, and Brian Van Gorder, who once upon a time was good enough to win the Broyles Award at Georgia, didn't. He didn't evolve with with spread offenses. He didn't evolve with tempo, and and so that's the problem. And And so even with a coach that you think is really good right now, will they be good in five years? Are they committed to evolving? I'll tell you who's evolved is Mike Denbrock. And oh. I mean, he he's a finalist for the Broyles Award this year and would be very deserving if he got it. And if he didn't, there's four other guys that are pretty deserving too. But Mike Denbrock has evolved in his philosophy, and he was pretty good when he was at Notre Dame. But, um, you know, that's the thing. John Tenuta was lights out at Georgia Tech. When he came to Notre Dame, he was not good, and he hasn't been good since. And so, again, can you evolve? It was interesting, a a conversation I had with Mike Elko during his one year at Notre Dame, who's the new Texas A&M head coach, and he was defensive coordinator here in 2017. I said, how is it that you guys – you have adapted to spread and tempo and stuff. He goes, we came up with it. He goes, that that was kind of, I mean, it came early in our careers and we can make mistakes with it and then get really good at it. But he goes, I'm going to have to get good at something else at some point. You know, there's going to be another offensive curveball that I'm going to have to be good at. Boy, did that go on a long answer. What was even the question? I've forgotten at this point, but I'm going to steer back this direction. Okay. Chancey Stuckey was let go by Marcus Freeman. Yeah. 
we heard on Monday that he wanted to bring everybody back. Right. Everybody is asking what changed. It is a wonderful question. And you look at the statement put out by Marcus Freeman yesterday. Yep. And he wrote, over the past few days, we had continued discussions on the overall performance of our wide receiver group and my expectations for the development of that position. I decided it was in the program's best interest to part ways. I think you could argue the word development is very important. And you think back to pretty much every Marcus Freeman press conference when the offense stunk, what did we always hear? That we need to figure out a way that the plays that are being called to teach the players better so they have an understanding of their responsibilities. It was never the play call. It was always on basically the teaching of the players. Right. Fair? Right. Well, development to me kind of falls into that category. So that to me is the first time since we've heard it all year that Marcus Freeman has done something about the teaching of a part of his football team. And I almost feel like, and I had a discussion with someone today about this, that there are coaches that are great recruiters and there are assistant coaches that are great teachers. The ones that do both really well, Eric, are really hard to find. Those, those are premium guys. And I wonder, after we hear all these great things about the recruiting success of Marcus Freeman, is this starting to balance the staff to bring in better teachers in order to teach the guys to perform their task at a better level like he has talked about throughout the season during press conferences? Well, the, the one thing about Chancey Stuckey was the resume was pretty thin, and I remember Tommy Reese talking about how impressed they were with him, and he went from a guy that was kind of very on the fringe of even being considered to the front runner based on his interview. And so maybe you can go back and say he just wasn't a full-time assistant long enough. I think he was one year at Baylor, and then he was in part-time learning roles before that. You know, he he had a longer NFL career, then he got – out of the football entirely sure. for a while, and then he got back into it. So, again, maybe the teaching shortcomings, you know, maybe there's a different – I know Brady Quinn is still high on him. Brady tweeted about how sure. sad he was to see this happen. But between teaching teammates in the NFL versus teaching 17, 18, 19, 20-year-old kids, I mean, Charlie found that out. It was way different coaching – guys in their 20s than go coaching guys in their teens. Um, and so, you know, I, I think that's part of it. But, yeah, Marcus has has prided himself on hiring great treat teachers and great recruiters, and apparently this was one where it was very good in recruiting and wasn't as good as teachers. But let's go back to two points. One is, why did Marcus say that? That's what everybody wants to know. That's absolutely. what I get And a asked. very fair question. And I will say he absolutely fumbled. I mean, in terms of media preparedness, he's been pretty good. And he just absolutely dropped the ball. And But what it makes – here's the consequence of that, Darren, yeah. is it makes it hard to believe <laughs> – for people to believe him yes. moving forward because he was pretty emphatic about it. And then less than 24 hours later, now if Chancey Stuckey had, um, you know, let the air out in Marcus's tires that afternoon and, you know, threw eggs at his house, then you might say, okay, well, something changed. Well, I'm sure but, a couple of key guys going to the position might have set an alarm as well. <laughs> well, but, but that should not, I mean, if you were willing to defend that, when you made that announcement in the Zoom conference, and you should be willing to make that announcement. I do think that this is really the truth, that he had not finished his evaluations. He hadn't talked to everybody yet. But the mistake was just not saying, you know what, that process has not had a chance to – I think what he was trying to avoid was speculation about Parker. Abs everything's always about Parker. And, and, and it came back to bite him – in another area. And so he, in trying not to fuel that speculation, he made a mistake. And I think 
if we had Marcus, if he walked in right now into the studio, I would fall out of my chair. But if he did, <laughs> you, I would, I would say he would say that was a mistake. But in terms of like, um, coaches and media and so forth, that trust is really important. There was, I don't know if I should tell the story, but. Uh, I'm Carter to, told his story. You tell your story. Okay. <laughs> well, so in 2016, after the 2016 season, there was a group that took out an ad in the South Bend Tribune to fire Brian Kelly <laughs> and Jack Swarbrick. And Brian Kelly was not enamored with me because he felt like I should have somehow stopped that ad from running in our paper. I didn't have anything to do with it. It wasn't my place to 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 do that, and um, and they were paying customers, <laughs> and and so Brian said he wasn't going to talk to me in future press conferences when they started up in the spring, and I said, okay, um, you know what, you've been incredibly honest and respectful for to me at least since 20, the end of 2011, but, <laughs> but pretty much since 2010. We had had a pretty good relationship up to that point, and I said, I'm going to treat you the same way. So if you don't talk to me, I'm still going to treat you with trust and respect. And in the, I asked the very first question in the spring, and he answered it, and off we went again. And that trust was very important when he also allowed me to spend the day with him between – in the June between the bad 2016 season and this renaissance. And really the story that I did on a day with Brian Kelly kind of became the national template people followed in, hey, maybe he's got something here with all these changes. So so that is important for a coach to have. You don't just brush something like this away. I do think Marcus needs to clarify this more than just the statement at some point if he wants to win that trust back with the fan base and the media. I'm with you. Well said. Beautifully said. It is an awkward situation. If it would have happened a week after he made that comment, you know, things happen, but it was so boom, boom, that unless there was just a massive, massive blow up or new information that was brought forth, it's a very odd situation to say the least. And now you see two veteran wide receivers go to the portal, Chris Tyree, and now Tobias Merriweather. Yeah, I, I mean, I think Chris Tyree, no matter who the wide receiver coach is going to go, he w- unless they said, you know what, we're going to feature you next year, you're going to have the they most weren't. reps on the team. Nope. He was, you tweeted it, and I mentioned it in my chat, you know, he was the the leader among wide receivers and receiving yards. And he was one behind Rico Flores and receptions. And he was only played in 35% of the offensive snaps, 23 snaps per game on average. Right. And so if he wants to play in the NFL, he's got to play more than that. What are the chances that Jaden Greathouse and Jordan Faison are going to get worse and that Logan Sadalte is going to be a flop and they throw away the 12 and 13 personnel that they love to use right which takes wide receivers off the field right so i can see chris tyree Smart making decision. that decision tobias merriweather it's interesting if he had issues with stucky then why would he leave when when stucky's leaving but um that's why i thought i mean when i, I got asked about it in chat and i'll look like kind of an idiot at this point because i thought this is really fluid but i think he'll stay but you know, there can be sharp turns because I knew there was a decision to be made, but I thought he would make the decision to stay. Uh, but he didn't. And mm. so, I mean, he can always make a U-turn, but he didn't make that decision. And so, um, you know, I think he'll, he'll be a good wide receiver somewhere else, and maybe he just needed a change of scenery. Because I think a lot of his problems were his own. Agreed. He got every he dropped opportunity. The football. Yeah. Way too much. Yep. Dropped the football way too much. Okay. Why don't we get a break out of the way? Okay. Because we've now opened the door for like a thousand other topics, and I still have not had the chance on this program to ask you officially about Marcus Freeman retaining Jared Parker as offensive coordinator. Okay. And you laid out perception 
issues possibly for this football program. So let's dig into that and more. Again, Tobias Merriweather to the transfer portal. We already knew Chris Tyree was entering the portal. And this Merriweather announcement comes soon after that wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey was not brought back by head coach Marcus Freeman. And who knows what's next? <laughs> Fasten your seatbelts. 529 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. Save big money and all your automotive needs at Menards. I'm in favor of uh, execution. Maybe maybe our entire team needs to be executed after tonight. Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Uh, here at Notre Dame, to have a chance to play these kind of teams, you have an opportunity to jump up and, and maybe in some ways be a spoiler. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. We're talking about Stanford. Yeah, if you want to ask me a question about Stanford, I'm all ears. I'll pass. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. And most of the football players who chose USC over UCLA because it's easier to spell. Twenty-six minutes in front of six o'clock. Budweiser's weekday sports beat on nine sixty AM WSBT. Brought to you by our title sponsor, Budweiser. The King of Beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger, now with three locations, serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. This holiday season, give the gift of hope to a hungry neighbor. Learn more at feedindiana.org. Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future, and South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. Sportsbeat continues. He is Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com, covering Notre Dame Athletics as part of the Rivals Network. My name is Darren Pritchett. Great to have you with us on this Wednesday evening. Irish wide receiver Tobias Merriweather has officially put his name into the transfer portal. Two wide receivers have now left the roster. Merriweather and Chris Tyree and the wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey was let go. Also today, we found out Duke quarterback Riley Leonard is putting his name into the portal, and that definitely, you would imagine, is someone that Notre Dame would be very interested in. And I want to talk about Riley at some point. It might be tomorrow at this rate, Eric, considering all of the current Notre Dame football news we have percolating at this particular time. I want to take a step back. As I mentioned a moment ago, I haven't had the chance to talk to you on the air about a couple of Notre Dame storylines that have developed throughout the week. Now, we've established that Marcus Freeman said on Monday that he hoped to have everybody back on the coaching staff, and 24 hours or less later, Chancey Stuckey was fired as wide receiver coach. But as you established perfectly, and I agreed with you everything you said, the whole statement was basically to take the spotlight off his offensive coordinator, Jared Parker, who he has protected successfully throughout the regular season with his press conference comments and did so again on Monday. So Jared Parker is coming back. And Eric, the one thing that I think is very difficult for Irish fans to comprehend, it's one thing if the splits on some of the offensive numbers are close, Yeah, but Eric, it's hard for fans to understand how the head coach can say that 47 points is what you average in the wins and 19 in the losses. That's like the Grand Canyon, Eric. I mean, that is a massive, massive number. Basically, what we're saying is when Notre Dame faced either a really smart defensive coordinator or a very talented football team or all the above, this offense was stymied and Unlike what we've heard in press conferences, it was not all on the players' poor execution. There were many, many things that went into the struggle. So, Eric, 
Are you surprised Parker is coming back, first of all? And second of all, you had your chat today. I'm sure people were wanting your opinion. How do you comprehend or how do you talk to Irish fans about what Marcus is thinking and feeling about the guy he knows very well that's his offensive coordinator? I give them candy or beer. Um, <laughs> you might need something a heck of a lot stronger to get them through I'm, what they're dealing with right now with, with uh, what's going on. Okay. Uh, in all seriousness, let, let's start with Parker. First point I want to make is given that he said, we're going to bring everybody back and then Chancey Stuckey is gone the next day, I think it's reasonable to speculate that this isn't the last change that will be made on the staff. I agree 100%. And I think maybe it's the last one that would be made before a bowl game, but I think things could be subject to review after a bowl game. So let's throw that out there. Um, Can I stop you one second? Yes, please But with stop the me. portal decisions coming up, you got to be careful about making a change too late if you're going to make a change at very important positions in particular. Well, I mean, they played that game, although, I mean, it wasn't their decision. Tommy Reese left because he had a better opportunity. But Sam Hartman could have very well, at the end of spring, said, I'm leaving. I'm going elsewhere. I'm going to Alabama. I'm going to somewhere else. Playing in the SEC championship this weekend. <laughs> yeah. He, he could have said he was going to go somewhere else, and he didn't. Um, so that's okay. that's a possibility. Okay. So, right. But, yeah, I think if you were going to make that change, I would have done it now. But then, again, maybe having a placeholder. You know, there's other things that can happen. So, for example, let, let's tease this out a little bit. Okay. So you have a opening at wide receivers right now, right? Mm-hmm. What if you wanted to make a change? And, I, and I, this is all speculative. Hypothetical. This, this is very hypothetical. Hypotheticals. But, but you could do this. You could say, you know what? I'd like to bring in another offensive coordinator. And it just happens to be somebody that's a wide receivers coach. And then you could make that change in January. You could make that change after a bowl game. Okay. Especially if that coach were involved with a team that was playing for pretty high stakes, either in a playoff or a pretty high-profile bowl game. You could, you could make that. So I think that's a scenario that you could point to that's realistic, that, that could happen. But let's say Jared Parker is here to stay that Marcus Freeman will get to either January 2nd or December 29th, depending on the bowl, and we do think it'll be January 1st that they'll be playing in the ReliaQuest Bowl. There are ways that could short-circuit, depending on what happens in this Saturday's games. Alabama winning. Alabama winning would screw it up. Florida State losing could screw it up. Hmm. But, um, but most likely Notre Dame ends up there. Um, so, um, what I was going to say is, if if Jared Parker is going to be the offensive coordinator going forward, I understand Marcus's reasoning for sticking with this based on what he said in the press conference, based on, wow, look at the Al Golden situation, how that oh. turned out with the second oh year, and... His own experience, but where I pointed out the difference in that <laughs> was Al Golden is this veteran coach with a huge resume nice. that had been a head coach a couple times, one of the best defensive coordinators when he became a head coach, and then had six years of NFL experience. Disrespectful to Al Golden. So that that's a different scenario. Marcus Freeman's thing was more in line, Yes, but... Again, you had Luke Fickle, this incredible defensive mind, as your mentor and kind of your backstop, and there's that person doesn't exist. If Jared Parker stays and Notre Dame doesn't go out and get a veteran analyst to help him develop, I think that's where you could really be critical, even if this works out. I don't think that's a smart move to make, even if it ends up working out and Jared Parker surprises us. 
to me, I didn't see the things where in in the performance where it gave me confidence to say, and again, this really comes down to a very simple equation, Darren. If he's not one of the best 10 to 12 offensive coordinators in college football this year, do you have evan- enough evidence to believe that he will be that in 2024? If your answer is no, no. then how can you not reassign him at this point? If Agreed. you're Notre Dame, if your answer is yes, then you have to make that happen and you have to do the things that will help foster that and make that happen. And so for me, just in the football that I've watched, and again, I'm, I admit I, I'll be wrong on things, um, I, I don't see it. I don't see what that happens. And some of it is the environment in which Jared Parker is in right now is a struggle. And I'm not saying it's easy, but when he was the tight ends coach and we was talking to the media, and I mean, these are little things you pick up on. He was super relaxed yes. and, and he was – Gave much better answers, but he was super relaxed. He was never relaxed this year. Now, again, I was talking to Al Golden mostly. I would overhear some of it, and then I would listen to the tape afterwards so that I was up to date and read the transcript. So I was up to date on what happened. So I didn't spend as much time with him. Uh, but, you know, I've seen how other offensive coordinators operate, and you can kind of tell when – the white noise is kind of getting to them, you know, without it, would he be better? Probably. But, um, again, what, what is it that Marcus Freeman saw? I mean, the questions were asked in the zoom conference and, you know, he seemed to see things that led him to believe that that potential was there. But again, it's not enough just to be better in those games. You have to win those games. You have to win Texas A&M, Florida State and USC next year, or at least two out of three of them to have a chance to get in the 12-team playoff. And you can't lose games not in the big three. Eric, just the comment he made after the Clemson game about play action and not using it because they were in man, that's enough for every team across the country to use that as ammunition against Notre Dame in recruiting. It was silly. It was silly. And... Going back to what you just said about adding an analyst, honestly, that's something Tommy well, Reese should have done. Now, now again, the the thing is, is did he give that answer because that's really what he thinks, or did he give that answer because he didn't want to give the real answer and oh. that was a bad word salad? See, I'm tired of hearing about people making bad decisions in their words. Tell it like it is, then you don't have to worry about it. Just I be agree. honest. Just be honest, folks. Okay. They, you, everybody you, is so worried about and, and, beating and around honestly, the bush. And honestly, you will get criticized if you do if you do tell it like it is, but you're going to get criticized yes. anyway. So do it you're, right. You're going to get criticized whether you are a word salad guy, a coach speak guy, a tell it like it is guy. I, I personally liked BK's honesty. I like that he didn't Absolutely. go down the coach speak. And when he did give you word salad, we had a format where you could kind of drill down on things a little bit better. So, I mean, he was either going to die on that word salad or he was going to come around and eventually give you the answer that was the one that you wanted. But he caught a lot of grief because people thought, well, it sounds like he's throwing the players under the bus or it sounds like this. But at least he was putting it out there. And, And we got a lot of that from Marcus in the first year. I think he dialed it back a little bit this year, and and he's got to decide. Okay, what's the authentic him? What's the what's the best way he's to approach bad it? advice? And I'll and Eric. I guess we keep hearing about throughout the season that we need to focus on being better teachers. If that is the case, isn't the offensive coordinator the ultimate teacher on the offensive side of the football? Doesn't well, he, it rest he, with him? Now, he has position coaches to continue to right. teaching the philosophy, but doesn't it kind of start with the offensive coordinator? Yes, and he's the boss of those other guys. And and given, again, Marcus's um, leaning toward 
his defense being his background, that takes on heightened importance. Not that Marcus isn't involved in the offense, but he's not going to be as involved as Brian Kelly and Charlie Weiss were. You know, Bob Davey was a defensive guy. Yes. Tyrone was both sides of the ball, but had never been a coordinator. And so Tyrone was beholden to both of his coordinators. If they couldn't fix it, he was dead in the water. And so that was that was difficult for Tyrone. You know, Lou Holtz really knew both sides of the ball very well. Really, Brian Kelly did. I mean, Brian Kelly started That's, as a defensive coordinator. Absolutely. Um, and when Van Gorder was let go, it was Elston and Brian Kelly, even though they rolled out a um, interim defensive coordinator, that was kind of a ceremonial role. It was really Elston, Brian Kelly. And the reason Brian Kelly did that, he, he did not. He was trying to protect Elston. If things didn't go well the rest of the season, he didn't want him to be a fall guy and get fired for being the interim. He wanted him to stay on the staff, and he did. Another guy that was brilliant on both sides of the ball was Mike Denbrock. And yeah. I think it's always made him and a he's better been a coordinator offensive coordinator yeah. because he was on the defensive side of the football. Yeah. And I guarantee you, if Brian Kelly had that one to do over, he would have kept him at Notre Dame. That might have been his biggest mistake in going a different direction. Well, obviously, he he would do it over again because he hired him at LSU <laughs> and he has the number one offense right I'd now. I'd take him here, man. I think he's a brilliant coach. I do too. And the record would be a lot different. And I texted him the other day. Did you really? Yes. Good dude. We di- we discussed a possible LSU Notre Dame matchup, and I the only thing I will share from okay. that is he thinks Notre Dame's defense is legit. Mm-hmm. He thinks that he goes that's a really good defense. And for 1995, you can find out what he thinks about the Irish offense. <laughs> <laughs> we didn't talk about. That. Oh boy! All right, we'll take a timeout. We got to get another break in. We'll just keep the conversation rolling. Again, the news of the day: Irish wide receiver Tobias Merriweather to the transfer portal. Duke quarterback Riley Leonard to the transfer portal. 550 at WSBT. Looking to take your business career to the next level? Bethel University in Mishawaka, Indiana has you covered. Our MBA and MA in organizational leadership programs are tailored to working professionals, providing the flexibility to choose between online or on-campus options. You can now gain the skills and knowledge you need to become a successful leader on your own terms. Join the Bethel University community and position yourself for success. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solidground to request more information and apply today. A Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. I'm Darren Pritchett. He's Eric Hansen, the publisher and editor at InsideIndieSports.com. 554 WSBT. Twitter X question of the day yesterday. This was before we found out today that... Tobias Merriweather, Irish wide receivers, entered the transfer portal. Yesterday's question was, which is the biggest offensive loss for Notre Dame to the transfer portal? So when I asked the question, the two biggest names were center Zeke Carell and wide receiver Chris Tyree. So Eric, having time to ponder that question, what do you believe is the definitive answer? Between Tyree and Zeke Corral? Mm-hmm. I think Tyree is the better prospect of those two. I think he's got the better future. I think they're they're both welcome additions. I mean, getting a guy with Zeke's experience, especially if he plays maybe in group of five rather than power five, uh, but elite speed plays everywhere. And if you can get – Chris, I could see Chris Tyree going back to running back and getting thrown to a lot in a certain offense. I think he can play wide receiver too. I, I would take him because I think the upside is greater. Okay. The voters decided that Chris Tyree was 77% of the vote and Zeke Carell, 23% of the vote. So majority goes with Chris Tyree. Between those two, the player that the Irish will miss the most. Both of them great locker room guys. Okay. Now we move along to today's question. And I've also kind of tweaked the title of the segment. It's the 
Sportsbeat, InsideIndieSports.com, Twitter question of the day. You've been sending it out to your followers, and we're getting a lot of response from them, so I appreciate that. Today's question was pretty simple. But they like to argue with you, too. Even they do. Though, yeah. That's fun. No, I like it. I like it. Okay. Notre Dame reportedly, at the time, parting ways with wide receiver coach Chancey Stuckey. Is that concerning to you? Yes or no? Simply put. Is the removal of Chancey Stuckey from the coaching staff concerning to you, yes or no? And my answer is yes. no. And the reason being is all the recruits in the 2024 class are solid to Notre Dame with three weeks basically left before signing day. And that I think they can get somebody comparable to that. I, I think – Chancey did an amazing job with um, recruiting. And if Marcus felt like player development was lacking, then he was right to make the change. I, I'm, I think Chancey did a good job with some of them and other wide receivers didn't develop. So, And if teaching the players better, something that Marcus stressed throughout the season is important, and in order for the Jared Parker thing to work, I think you have to reevaluate the entire offensive coaching staff at this time. Well, I have some, the best teachers possible. Yeah, I have somebody that constantly and is a really smart football person. They're not separating Eric. They're not separating Eric. And I don't have a good comeback to that. Uh, I do think you can kind of scheme for separation. Uh, I do think they have kind of. speed. <laughs> but But I do think there are speedy receivers on the team, too. And if they're not separating, is that part of the development i think it's part of its scheme play call and part of it is development so we'll see but they got more speed on the way there's at least two of those guys that are burners in the next freshman class okay cam williams and, and logan sadalte sadalte okay and you keep telling me he had a massive senior season the kid who flipped from oregon state so we'll see if he pops up on the depth chart next year. That's the one thing with Tyree leaving. I'd love to have him here, but there's some interesting parts to take his place. There are people that think Micah Gilbert is better than both of them. Really? I think of the three, Cam Williams has the is the most camera ready to jump in next year, and he will have the most opportunity. He could play either outside spot. Six foot two and can fly. Yeah, he's really good. He's Borderline five-star for rivals, he already is a five-star. By some of those other people that usually don't know what they're talking about, in, but in this case, they do. <laughs> Isn't that the truth? <laughs> it's amazing when players vault up the rankings who are tied into Notre Dame, how all of a sudden the, the people who do that are brilliant. Yeah. But when someone goes the other way, Oh, they hate Notre Dame right away. I will say this. I do think Notre Dame has a good chance to add a five-star when the rivals come out next week, when the rivals' new rankings come out next week. I think they will add a five-star. How many five-stars do does rivals have with Notre Dame right now? Zero. Okay. I have a feeling I know who that is then. Okay. Okay, probably someone we just talked about. Possibly. Maybe. Possibly. We'll Maybe. see. I'm not allowed we'll to reveal it. Okay. All right. Do you ever make suggestions? No, because that's not my thing. And especially when I know, then I then that person would get mad at me for saying it. So then I have to really be dumber than I normally am. So you call Tyler James, say, Tyler, call that guy and say, he's a five-star. <laughs> <laughs> or Charleston, maybe. Yes, Charleston's plugged in with all that stuff. All right, very good. All right, well... We have a thousand more things to talk about. Can we maybe save them for tomorrow at 5 o'clock? Yeah. Because I want to talk about Riley Leonard going into the portal, which seems to line up with what Notre Dame is wanting to accomplish. so many interesting threads about that in Notre Dame's pursuit of him. You want to tease number one? It it definitely, if he gets into Notre Dame, it would be – a show of faith on the administrative side of a guy that's not a grad transfer and not a freshman getting through admissions. 
That would be a huge statement just for that. Historic. Let's use the word historic. Okay. <laughs> and since we were hysterical, we'll use historic. <laughs> All right. Let me hit the music here because your website is hopping right now, InsideIndieSports.com. And since we have a million storylines to talk about right now. Maybe a half a million are on the site now and maybe a half a more yet to come. Well, I had my chat transcript today. Lots of goodies in there. In fact, it's the number one trending story nationally on the Rivals Network. Right you provided now. no word salads, right? It was all from the gut. It was no word salads. I, I had a word preface salad, but I, hmm. I then answered okay. the question. Um, we have the story from Tyler James about Tobias Merriweather desire to enter the transfer portal which opens Monday uh, we have uh, Ivan Taylor from Florida really good safety he has set his commitment date for Friday Tyler has a ours is called future cast he has a future cast in for Ivan Taylor and that's Ike Taylor's son the old Steeler defensive end and there's so much more that podcast with Adam Gorney he's the guru of the portal that's worth listening to and, but listen to us tomorrow because we're going to have tons of stuff too. Any Christmas deals or anything going on? We do, we did. It ended on Monday, ah, but, but, but for our radio subscribers, you can always do a 30 day free trial. And I'm going to tell you the code tomorrow just because I can't remember it off the top of my head, but I will have it tomorrow ready to go. Could be a good stocking stuffer. No, it's I, not a stocking stuffer. That's a if, main if, present. If, if you want a free trial, December is the month to do it because there's all this drama going on. A lot of it good drama and some of it Eesh. drama drama. Self-induced. But, but I'll tell you, there's lots of great stuff on the free side of the paywall and a lot of stuff behind the paywall you don't want to miss. We're not done yet. Yeah, Tyler had all kinds oh. of candidates for the wide receivers coaching position already yeah wow. interesting very interesting names just a little update tennessee notre dame women's basketball in knoxville tennessee 42 notre dame 27 with seven and change to go in the third quarter so things are a little rocky in knoxville right now for the irish rocky yeah okay all I uh, they'll be interesting when they get all their pieces together, but um, I I thought they'd be more competitive in this game. Olivia Miles soon? Boy, they're I'll tell you. Are, it, they're very tight-lipped. They are, it, it's the same answer every time. Um, we're not rushing her. Da, 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 da. But to their credit, they're not being yeah. deceptive. Yeah, yes. That's all we can ask yeah. for. Cass Prosper didn't play in this game. That's a big defensive presence not playing but she's uh, got a boot on her right foot yeah. and Sonia Citron is out it looks like another couple weeks Niel said a couple weeks and now it looks like it'll be another couple weeks if I were them I'd just say you know they only have four day to day they only have four December games that might be better just to just kind of keep her out until ACC play in January hmm. only four games interesting yeah, they're spread out all over the place. So they played a lot in November, though, and they were in different countries and all that stuff. So they, they have to have time to do their Christmas shopping. And there's a few tests to take. There's a bunch of tests to take. A bunch so. of tests to take. That's right. No doubt. All right, I'm going to let you go home. And barring other breaking news, which is not – out of the realm of possibility. We'll talk off the top tomorrow about is Notre Dame and Riley Leonard a match, and then we'll get into the possible, as I put it, historical significance if they were able to come together. Right. Sound like a deal? That sounds great. All right. Very good. Eric, thank you. We'll talk to you tomorrow. Thank you. We've got an hour to go on the program, 606 on your home of the Fighting Irish, Sports Radio 960, WSBT. You might have... Notre Dame football coverage continues now. Ball caught, touchdown! What a catch on the three-yard line by Jaden Thomas. Budweiser's weekday sports beat. Caught on the one-yard line and into the end zone. Tobias Merriweather, first 
first catch of his Notre Dame career goes for a touchdown from 41 yards out. On Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Setting up Estime over the middle, 25-20. He'll score. 10-5. Touchdown, Notre Dame. 617 at Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Budweiser's Weekday Sports Beat is live on 960 AM, also streaming live at WSBTradio.com on our free WSBT Radio app, a video feed on the Twitch app. Tobias Merriweather has entered the transfer portal. It almost feels like this is not a massive surprise considering how things have transpired for Tobias here in South Bend over the last two years. 6'4", 205-pound sophomore from the state of Washington. Was the only wide receiver that signed from the class a couple of years ago. And last year, a lot of fans wanted him on the field. Didn't happen when he was given the opportunity to start this year with this Fighting Irish football team. He was, unfortunately, inconsistent. Inconsistent, in particular, catching the football. And you heard that highlight from Paul Burmeister from last year. His one and only catch of his freshman campaign was a 41-yard touchdown catch. Well, believe it or not, after an offseason of everyone, I think, expecting Tobias to take a big step forward and be a big part of this passing game, he would only catch 14 more passes in his Notre Dame football career. That's it. 14 catches this year, 284 yards. He did average 20.3 yards per reception. He had the 75-yard touchdown catch against Central Michigan, had a 45-yarder down in Raleigh against North Carolina State, a 42-yard catch against Pittsburgh. And for Merriweather, was given every opportunity to be one of the guys at wide receiver this year but ultimately had to be put into a reserve role. I think there was a time the feeling was taking him away from a starter position into a reserve role might limit his opportunities and limiting, taking some things off his shoulders, maybe shortening the playbook might help Tobias Merriweather. But you look at his catch totals for the year, two against Tennessee State, one against North Carolina State, three against Central Michigan, one catch for six yards against Ohio State, a catch for 17 against Louisville, two for 50 against Pitt. At Clemson, one catch, 10 yards against Wake Forest, two for 44 and a score. And against Stanford, one catch for 16 yards. For Tobias Merriweather, it just feels like from the outside looking in, an opportunity to start fresh. Hear from a different coach possibly work on some things in his game that might give him the opportunity to be better. Yesterday on this program, I expressed my disappointment about Chris Tyree moving on, but I totally understand his reasoning. It makes total sense from Chris Tyree's standpoint. If he wants to be a big-time wide receiver or wants to make the jump to the next level, He's got to be on the field more. He was on the field for an average of 23 snaps per game this year. That's a lot of time standing on the sideline for a guy that ended up being number one on the team in receiving yards and what a catch away from leading the team in receptions. He felt like he deserved and had earned more opportunities, and he probably wasn't going to get it here. So, you know what? Good for him. I'm happy for him, but I think he could have been a big part of this football team. You know, Tobias, I feel a little different about. You always want kids to stay because I remember Maurice Stovall had his struggles and his senior year. He developed into a, an elite wide receiver at the collegiate level, had a great NFL career. You never want to give up on anyone, and I would not give up on anyone. But as we sit here today with Merriweather announcing he's going to the portal, I feel like this is a really good opportunity for Notre Dame to go a different direction at the outside wide receiver spots to try to find more production because I'm just not quite sure based on what I have seen that Tobias was going to be one of the solutions. We've talked about some of these young guys on the roster appear to be part of the solutions for the inconsistency at the wide receiver position. Flores Jr., great house. Eventually, Braylon James, you hope he sticks around. That's a kid that could be a big-time performer. He was the most highly rated 
of the three wide receivers brought in last year, but just one catch for Braylon this season in very limited opportunities. So for Tobias, this might be the best thing for him. Go somewhere else, try to unlock his skill set, which I believe there is a skill set there. But unlike Tyree, who just was off the field a lot due to the formations that Notre Dame used, and that's not being critical of that. That's just factual that Tyree only averaged 23 snaps per game. You know, for Merriweather, he kind of put himself in this spot with the inconsistencies catching the football early on in the year, resulting in time on the bench. And now here we are, Merriweather announcing he's going to the transfer portal. So, wow. A lot has changed since the Stanford game. The wide receiver coach has been fired. Two of the veteran wide receivers have entered the transfer portal. We'll have to see what's next. Maybe this adds to the list, if it was not already on the list, a position of need in the transfer portal for this Fighting Irish football program as they look for more consistent play in the outside wide receiver spots, the boundary in the field. You hope Jaden Thomas gets healthy. And maybe he can be part of the solutions out there. You got young guys to build upon. You hope solutions are in-house, but it sure looks like a little more depth wouldn't hurt. You got some interesting players coming in in this next class if they all sign, and it looks like they will. So optimism still high. We'll find out who the new wide receiver coach is soon enough. But two of the veteran guys have departed to the portal, Tyree and Merriweather. 6.23 is our time. A very interesting quarterback entered the portal today. We'll discuss that in a moment. Sports Beat continues on WSBT. You can listen to Budweiser's weekday Sports Beat live or on demand with our free WSBT radio app. Just search WSBT radio in the App Store and Google Play. Now, back to local sports talk on Sports Beat with your host, Darren Pritchett. 628 at WSBT coming up at 645. Going to be joined by Notre Dame hockey player Trevor Janicki, grad student forward out of Maple Grove, Minnesota. We'll talk some fighting Irish hockey with Michigan on the schedule this weekend. That's coming up at 645. Right now, very interesting name entered the transfer portal today. He was a Notre Dame opponent earlier this year. Could he be a teammate? Next year, I'm talking about Duke quarterback Riley Leonard. Yes, he will be in the transfer portal. And I've noticed some of the reporting during the show that in the portal, Leonard has the do not contact label with his name, which means you can't contact him. He will contact you. There's always been an assumption that Notre Dame and Riley Leonard could be an outstanding match. Would Notre Dame be interested in Riley Leonard? You would have to say absolutely, and you would hope Leonard would feel the same way. And you, I will say this about Leonard. He's the type of kid you don't necessarily just look at the stats, and I know a lot of you will dismiss this, and I get it because I can't factually offer you a bunch of stats to back this up, but Leonard is just one of those it guys. He has that it factor. He makes people around him better. If he's going to be a National Football League quarterback, he's going to have to become a more accurate thrower of the football. Otherwise, highly intelligent, a difference maker running the football. We saw that against Notre Dame earlier this year down in Durham before he suffered that high ankle sprain against the Fighting Irish. Injuries really derailed Leonard's season this year. He only played in seven games, completed 57% of his throws for 1,102 yards, three touchdowns, three interceptions, running the football, 58 carries for 352 yards, and four touchdowns. He was terrific in the season opener when Duke stunned Clemson in Durham 28-7, Leonard was 17 of 33 for 175, no touchdowns, no picks, but he really hurt Clemson with his legs. Eight carries, 98 yards, and a touchdown. 
against Notre Dame, the passing numbers were not very good. Now keep in mind, Notre Dame had an elite defense. 12 of 27 for 134, a touchdown to pick, 18 carries for 88 yards. In limited time against Florida State, a few weeks later, 7 of 16 for 69 yards and a pick. And then against Louisville on the road on October the 28th, his last game, only 9 of 23 for 121. No touchdowns to pick, 10 carries, only 13 yards for Riley Leonard. But the numbers against Notre Dame do stand out, 12 of 27 for 134, only completed 44% of his passes. Yeah, there's no doubt, has to get better with his ability to throw the football. You would hope we could argue that there would be better opportunities with the skill position players that the Irish have if Riley Leonard wants to come here. He is listed as a player that has multiple years of eligibility. We'll see how that factors into the transfer process into the University of Notre Dame. But Riley Leonard is a unique name that has entered the transfer portal. We'll talk more about this and the possibility of Leonard coming to South Bend when Eric Hansen rejoins the program tomorrow at 5 o'clock here on WSBT. Michiana tradition continues. Welcome to Budweiser's weekday sports beat on Sports Radio 960 WSBT. Here's your host, Darren Pritchett. 16 minutes in front of 7 o'clock. Sports beat continues on WSBT Radio. We're being brought to you by Budweiser, the king of beers, locally distributed by United Beverage Company of South Bend. Football fans, this Bud's for you. By Barnaby's of Mishawaka and Granger. Now with three locations serving Michiana's most favorite pizza since 1978. Bethel University's adult and graduate studies. Visit BethelUniversity.edu slash solid ground for details. The Food Bank of Northern Indiana. This holiday season, give the gift of hope to a hungry neighbor. Learn more at feedindiana.org. By Midland Engineering Company, beginning their second century of quality roofing experience. The Mishawaka Education Foundation, granting a better future. And by South Bend Orthopedics, trusted in the community for 75 years. I'm told that Notre Dame hockey player Trevor Janicki is still in a meeting right now. Maybe we'll get him on at the end of the program, but right now he is not available. So let me tell you this. Quite a game developing down in Knoxville near the top of the hour. I mentioned Notre Dame was down by double digits to Tennessee, but boy, things have changed dramatically as there is 235 to go. In the game in Knoxville, number 20, Tennessee, 66, number 18, Notre Dame, 64. The Irish putting together a terrific second half. They have outscored Tennessee 39-29. to And right now are in position to steal this win. It's a banged-up basketball team. Citron, Miles, and Ponder could not play today, so it is Natalia Marshall off the bench leading the way with 15 points and nine rebounds. Westbeld with 12. The freshman Hidalgo is only 4 of 15 from the field, but has 11 points, 7 rebounds, 7 assists. K.G. Bransford has 10 points. So credit to Notre Dame, a team that's not at full strength right now. They have battled back on the road at Tennessee and with a couple of free throws. They have tied the game up at 66 with 2.20 to go in the contest. So maybe still a chance for Notre Dame to come all the way back and grab this victory. Notre Dame 5-1 and one, and Tennessee with a record of 4-2. Tennessee's not the Tennessee we were so used to watching with Pat Summit as the head coach. The program has dipped significantly from where they were for so many years, but still obviously this would be a quality win for the Irish down in Knoxville. And it's now a two-point Tennessee lead with 150 to go in the ballgame. I feel like I'm stealing Sean Steyer's thunder. This game right now is airing live on our sister station, Live 99.9. In fact, Tennessee is tied up. 
I should say Notre Dame is tied up. Tennessee at 68 with 90 seconds to go. I'll give you the final score here in just a second. Well, we were hoping to talk to Trevor Janicki. A big weekend for the Irish hockey team as they take on their arch rival, the Michigan Wolverines. Two games at the Compton Family Ice Arena, Friday at 7.35, Saturday at 6.05. I will have the call to both games on our sister station, Quality Rock, 94.3 FM. Notre Dame is coming off an extremely disappointing performance last Friday, taking on then the number two team of the country, now the number one team in the land, the Boston College Eagles. BC has some high-end talent. Their number one line, all freshmen, they all played on the same line for the U.S. Developmental Program, all taken in the top 23 picks of last summer's NHL draft, and they didn't disappoint. They were difference makers for BC last Friday as the Eagles jumped out to a 6-0 lead, and the Irish finally scored late in the third on a goal by Landon Slager. But Notre Dame, over their last two games, their first two-game losing streak of the season, they faced two top-10 teams, Minnesota on the road. In the second game of that series, they scored only one time and only one goal against Boston College last Friday. So the Irish had trouble scoring last year. They've been Pretty good so far this year, but quiet the last two games. We'll try to get things going against a Michigan team that has a high-powered offense, one of the top three offenses in the country. They always have good young freshman talent. Their power play is one of the best in the country. Their penalty kills the worst, and I mean they are statistically the worst. So maybe the Irish can put a puck behind their goaltender with the man advantage in this series against the Michigan Wolverines. So we'll see what happens this weekend. But Notre Dame right now in third place in the Big Ten standings. Six, I should say five of the seven teams in the Big Ten are now ranked. Notre Dame fell out after losing to BC. I actually had Notre Dame number 18 in my USCHO.com poll. But the Irish and Ohio State are the only two teams in the Big Ten not ranked in the top 20. And Notre Dame has been playing nothing but Ranked opponents for the last month, they'll take on a top 15 Michigan team at home this weekend and then a top 10 team in Michigan State on the road next week. And it gets no easier. There are no off weeks in the Big Ten Conference this year. All right, 650 at WSBT. doesn't look like we're going to get Trevor on the program. So let's take one little two-and-a-half-minute break. We'll do a little sports wagering talk next on WSBT. Hey, everyone. Saltgrass Steakhouse is now open in Mishawaka. Wrangle up the crew and head down to Saltgrass Mishawaka for an unforgettable experience. Sink your teeth into mouth-watering, char-grilled, certified Angus beef steaks. Sip on ice-cold craft cocktails. And don't forget to try the famous Spicy Range Rattlers, all made daily in the Scratch Kitchen. Start making delicious memories at Saltgrass Mishawaka, 5126 North Main Street, across from Lazy Boy Furniture Galleries. Dine with us today. (laughs) 